a Lifetime original podcast. She's like, makes a meal of smiling and cooing at that baby. She's like down on her level. I said, good Lord, lay off of her. That's what I would do too. That's what I would do too. Just to any old baby. Yeah, probably. I mean, like now, especially too, I go, I have a little <laughs> You know, like every baby is, I want to know their story. I want to know where they are in development. Like mm-hmm. I am up in babies' faces. I love a Lifetime movie. You think the baby should be like Santa. Just imagine the darkest, most dramatic finagle in the history of finagles. Phew, dodged a grandma bullet. Those curls are how you become the friend in a Lifetime movie. He has a chin strap and a jacket that I go, this combo, you should be in jail. Guys, Megan is our realtor. All of our realtors. Santo Enrique. Santo Enrique. <laughs> you told Glennon Brooke that I made the complaint Now they're never going to let me see the baby. That's what you're taking away from all this. That somehow this is all my fault. No. You need help, Liv. I mean, serious help. And not from some sympathetic therapist. From somebody who will tell you that there is something seriously wrong with you. And welcome to a brand new episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey, joined by the glamorous Naomi F. Perrigan. <laughs> wow, that is so nice of you to say. Uh, there is no bra under this shirt. Okay, girl. <laughs> okay. Lucy, Goosey. That's a jacket. You're loose in a jacket. I like that. <laughs> yes. I am loose in a pajama shirt. So it's important to note it is 11.25 a.m. We could... <laughs> We could have proper undergarments on, but why? Megan, I was asked to do a podcast that records in person 8 to 9 a.m. Oof. And I had to say absolutely not, but I, but it was like, I couldn't say I will never want to do this, never. I just was like, I'm busy for a while, and just hopefully they'll forget about me. Did it have the chance to make you even more famous? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's got a large listenership, but it's 8 to 9 in the morning. Unless I'm trying to plug a weekend. It was Joe Rogan. (laughs) And Naomi turned down the Joe Rogan experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Now I'm just staring off into the middle distance, imagining what who I'd have to be for that to even be a conversation that could happen. What would we talk about? You exactly. Know? That's like, what I mean. I'm like, I, I'm like, how would I even communicate? I have a new podcast endeavor coming up. I don't appreciate this. I don't appreciate you splitting your focus, Megan. Listen, I'm I don't I'm not at liberty to say yet, but I will <laughs> say as soon as I can. And their desire is for us to record in person. <sighs> In West Hollywood. What? And then they were like, if West Hollywood doesn't work, there's also Culver City. And we were all like- Further away? Absolutely not. Now, for those of you that don't understand the geography of Los Angeles, I couldn't live further from those places. (laughs) And and the two people that I'll be hosting the podcast with also couldn't live. But the the producers are in New York, so like they don't get that that's not going to work. Right, 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 right. They don't understand that we don't have speedy or reliable public transport. That would make that make sense in any way, shape, or form. Oh. So, wow. But I was like, oh, we're going back to in, in person's really rearing its head. It's <laughs> saying yeah. we are here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I refuse to do it. If there's a lunch involved, like, I'm like, <laughs> I, I am trying to think, like, how can I get 
more money and or free food because that's really you know the deal's closed so it's like <laughs> the money the money ship is sailed but if i can finagle i don't know a tender greens out of this then i'm gonna try oh lord well speaking of finagling you know i think that's the underscore of today's motion picture just imagine the darkest most dramatic finagle in the history of finagles okay Ooh. that's what happened someone finagled and other people's lives were ruined as a result of finagling Let's just say the nice way to put yes. it. the nice way to put something terrible. Today's film is called A Deadly Lullaby. I do believe the working title was Mother Knows Worst. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But they went with a deadly lullaby, also also riveting. Six months after the tragic loss of their newborn baby, young couple Olivia and Harry Davis are slowly rebuilding their lives. But when Olivia meets glamorous Brooke Marsden and her baby girl, she is overwhelmed by a feeling of longing and quickly becomes obsessed. Is Olivia going crazy? Or is a mother's instinct always right? Well, 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 I'll tell you right now, no, a mother's instinct is not always right, okay? I have a mother. They don't know everything, okay? (laughs) Megan half crazy and she got a kid. So it's not always right. But perhaps in the case of a deadly lullaby, let's find out. Let's get into it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, you know, the log line alone is, like, tough to even say. So I was yes. kind of came starting this movie kind of bracing myself. You know what I mean? Like, we started... I was, I was like, oh, God. I was like, oh, God. So we open on a woman named Olivia. She's giving birth in a hospital. And I'm immediately annoyed by her husband because she's pushing and her husband, Harry, is not there. He ran out to the restroom. Right. And there's hours leading up to this. You know, like, this is a first baby, so we're talking labor is over 12 hours. So it's like, he's had plenty of potty breaks. Also, there's a bathroom in the rooms. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in a hospital room. There's bathrooms in there. All of them? Yes. Because the mother needs to go to the bathroom. Like, you can't be, there's a catheter involved. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to have a bowel movement before they'll let you leave that hospital, okay? Oh, so you can't just be, that. you cannot have a woman in labor just loose walking around trying to find a stall. Okay, this is like that movie we watched with Tori Spelling where she's like in the hospital but wandering the halls and no one notices yes. her. Like, and I kept being like, do they just let people wander in hospitals? Also, this is something, I think this is like a really classic misconception of when you're in labor, we've always seen in in film and shows where the woman is like, eh, ah. oh, sorry, it sounds like I'm making sex noises. I bet the nanny is like, what is she recording? You're like, I have to do this for work. And this is yeah. how she finds out you have an OnlyFans or something. You know, we've they don't want you to yell. Because they're like, you're putting energy into yelling. Be quiet and put all of that energy down into your loins. Wow. Yeah. So you, but like, I'm in there, you know, I get in there and go, ah, 
And they're like, that's not helping anyone. And I'm like, it's helping me. It's helping me. Now here, okay, but here's a question, you know, someone who pretty recently, I'm going to say still, I mean, look, Conrad, you guys, at the time, when you hear this, Conrad will have turned one. All right. But yeah. this has still been like a year. And so do you remember the intensity of giving birth? Or is it as they say, where it's like, you just forget because you're so in love. You see, I don't buy it based on my voice I used. <laughs> I don't believe you forget because you're so in love. I do believe you forget because there are hormones that your body releases to make you forget. So you will do it again. <laughs> so that's actually like my, our brains have been men in black, you know, like they've been white. So I remember I remember being on oxygen. And oh and when I hear pe- how pe- how long people push now, I'll be like, how long do you put? They'll be like, like two or three hours. I'm like, oh, I did it in 40 minutes. Like, I think I went to and they they even sent my doctor and nurse. They were like, yes, yeah, she went really hard. <laughs> well, they told you not to yell. They told you to put the energy into your loins. And you said, this is what happens when I put the energy into my loins. And you're just like, get them out. You know, like three hours. I was on oxygen. I wasn't going to make it. So I said, we got to get. But no, you remember that it's brutal. And I remember asking a friend who is like a marathon runner, which is something I would truly never do. Like if it was like jump off this bridge or run a marathon, I'd be like, bridge it is. You know, like hand me my swim cap. And she said that giving birth is Way worse than running a marathon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yes, I, w- I would hope. I would hope so. And that was hard. That was hard to hear. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Now, look, back to the movie. I'm still mad at Harry because not only has husband Harry gone to the bathroom, he is now chatting up another dad-to-be while they wash their hands. And I was like, I hope they're actually washing their damn hands. And I didn't appreciate it. I was like, your wives are giving birth. Why are y'all sitting here talking? And they talking about, like, first it's like, okay, yeah, what, what are you having? What are you having? But then it's like, oh, I'm in accounting too. Oh, I work at that firm. This is not the yeah. time for networking. Go be with your wife. Uh, you're right. This isn't a cocktail hour. <laughs> this, like, Harry, Glenn, you've got bathrooms, okay? Like, I... I don't know. Something about small talk in a bathroom, unless you're drunk. You know, like, I've been drunk in a bathroom. And like, this is my new bathroom. But it's like, (laughs) sober in a hospital? Uh, And and I'm friendly. I like to chat. But like, you don't need to get into the profession you're in. (laughs) Like, that is a bridge too far. Go to your wife, okay? And then literally the nurse comes in. Her name is Nancy. She comes in and she's like, she's like, Harry, it's happening. And so, he, like, runs back out. It's like, okay. And they have a beautiful baby girl. And then the nurse comes back in to take the baby for testing. Now, is that real, Megan? Yes, to some extent. They did not take him immediately. I thought they'd do it next to you. Yeah, they they did stuff. I, I do think every hospital is different. Sure, you know, where sure. I delivered, there's not even a nursery. So you can't even send the baby to, like, get some Zs. Like, that baby is with you forever uh. now. So everyone's policy is different. If the NICU needs to come out because of right, complications. Right, right. Like, there's... So there is a world where they do take them. And at some point, they did take Conrad because they needed to do tests, like, over the 24-hour period uh-huh. after I'd had him. But, as I said, they put the little ankle bracelet on them to be like, here, now you're in house arrest and that's so nobody can steal your baby. So Nancy takes the baby for the testing and a nurse comes. She's like in the hallway. She's like walking in the hallway. 
And then another nurse comes out? Right. And it's like, I need to go somewhere. Can you cover for me? She's like, I think she's like, I need to go to the bathroom. Will you cover for me? There's another baby in here. So I'm assuming, now, Nancy is walking to take one baby for test. And this other girl's like, I got to go pee. Can you come in here? And as Nancy's walking, she passes by Glenn, the accountant for the fancy firm, who, who's basically like, hey, Harry, good luck. You know, but he's in the hallway. But then they go in, and I just thought that whole thing was very weird. I thought this entire exchange between it is. other nurse being like, cover for me. It's like, I have a whole- Baby in my arms. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I probably shouldn't bring a baby into a room where it's like, we don't know the germ situation. We don't know what's going on. Well, she, she made it seem like she was bringing him into the nurse, or her into the nursery, because she's like, oh, this will be her first friend. Like, she was acting like it was nothing. Like, that was like the holding cell for the babies. Then we start to take a turn for truly- Terror. Devastation, yeah. and I and I will put as as many trigger warnings on this as possible. We we see a doctor who is the first time we've laid eyes on this person. They were not in the delivery. They come into Olivia and Harry's room. She does not have the baby with her, and she says, "I'm afraid your baby didn't make it." And as soon as I hear this, especially because it's a doctor we didn't see before, I said, "It's a whole damn lie." Okay, the doctor, even as she's walking, she looks confused. Or I was like, are we making something about maybe she's like overworked? She's tired. I didn't even think she was a doctor. I, it had that feeling of like she'd walked out of a car in the scrubs <laughs> and right into the hospital and said, all right, I got news. Exactly. She seems so confused. And so I was like, right away, I was like, okay, the doc has given the wrong family the information. Also, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, how was she even roped into this? Did she say whatever right. a nurse told her? And I said, this is why I hate hospitals. Because my whole problem with hospitals, it's like, any other shift job. When you show up, you better just hope the people who care and know what they're doing are on shift. Okay? It's like, you can't have these people here where it's like, oh, I don't really know. I didn't really read it through. I'm half tired. I'm confused. Half of us are in Grey's Anatomy sleeping with each other in closets. People don't know. Well, and I would say, you know, I'm from a family of nurses and... And I just got to hope I get a Peggy. I got to hope I get a Peggy when I'm checked in. But I think as we've seen over the last three years minimum is that nurses are not being paid enough. Like what they have to handle and deal with. We like, we'll say here, nurses, teachers, flight attendants, we need an across the board raise because they're having to, oh my gosh, my nurse, when I had to go to the ER to get fluid, when I was in my first trimester, he was like, oh, he used to be a cop. He goes, oh, this is the most afraid I've ever been in a job as as a nurse. He was like, I've been bit, punched, you you know, stabbed with a spork and all this was in the last year. Like he was yeah. like, oh no, it's, it's, it's ramped up. So yeah, maybe this lady's like, I'm making, well, this is a doc. It was a female doctor too. So I go, if this is nefarious, <laughs> I don't know how you got roped in. Okay. <laughs> Glenn sees Harry like crying in the hallway and goes to console him. And that's the moment I said, something up with you, Glenn. Glenn stole the baby. I was like, Glenn stole the baby. Which I guess at least gives me some amount of peace to go, the baby is not dead. I don't think Lifetime would kill a baby. No, God, But no. it's like, the Lifetime baby is not die. with them, and yeah. so I'm very upset. Yeah. But Glenn has sticky fingers for babies. Yeah. Okay. Now we cut to six months later. There is still a cloud of grief over Olivia and Harry. Obviously so. They're still struggling. The nursery is fully made up. Harry suggests that they should start trying again. And Olivia's like, I don't want to try for another baby. I want my baby. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. It's like, 
So terrible. You know, and look, I've been I've been going hard on Harry. Obviously, I'm still upset with him for being in the bathroom for so long when his wife was giving birth. I find him to be doofy. I find him to be dull. He's doing the thing that I, I understand. He is he wants his wife to feel better. He is trying to be upbeat and hopeful. But I find that very frustrating. It's like, let her be in her grief. It's only been six months. To me, six mm-hmm. months is not a long time in the scheme mm-hmm. of grief especially something this you know horrific and he's all yeah. like let's try again and i'm like just relax she'll tell you what she want to try again harry well as we know the divorce rate in this country is very bad 50 percent. flip a coin so one of us ain't making it <laughs> but the i i do think there are stats that when a couple loses a child or goes through something extremely traumatic has a child that has really extensive medical needs that makes the marriage even more fragile because you you can't expect two people to grieve in the same way and so it's like yes one is going come on let's let's get back in the saddle and one is going my saddle is broken right right so i will point out that the actor who plays harry was in an episode of that damn michael che show and i find that to be hilarious, and I I only know that from IMDb, not from my own eyes seeing it. Okay, I was going to say, did you see him? Because no. you do support no, other no, no. comedians. You are healthy in that way. No, I don't. Okay, so <laughs> Olivia is with her best friend Zoe. Zoe, do we think Zoe's hair is a wig or not? I don't think it's a wig. I think this is how Zoe books Lifetime. Wow, okay. Do you know what I mean? Those curls are how you become the friend in a Lifetime movie. Yeah, because it's a very, it, I, I, it's more about the color. If you're in the Lifetime movie club, I want you to watch this movie. The moment you see Zoe, I want you to pause, and I want you to study that hair color and then you got to message us let us know let us know if you see it because i think it's not a wig mega does i'm gonna need some more eagle eyes on it okay so glenn the buddy from the hospital has actually hired harry for an accounting job all these months later and olivia and harry have been invited Uh -uh. to boss glenn and his wife's six-month-old baby girl sip and see. Now, you know what a sip and see is, right? Well, I know. I put it in there. I called it a sip and see. I, I attended one for the first time, which is why I had even, that's like what I knew to call it, because they didn't call it that. It was like baby coming out party. But basically, a meet and greet? <laughs> it's a meet and greet with a baby, but really no one even sees the baby. It's just an excuse for adults to day drink. And I say, count me in. Yeah, so you sip and then you see the baby. Olivia is like being brave and saying she's going to go. Uh, and she's like, it's been six months. I think Olivia has a lifetime pass to never go to one of these events again. I know. I was like, I'm sorry. Not at all. Will not go. Glenn, you can go because it's your boss. You got to go like, you know, show your face and introduce yourself. There's no reason why. Olivia got to go to that shit. And I'm going to tell you even more reason why. Because they get to the party and immediately Glenn is pulled away to meet people from work and Olivia's by herself. So it's like yes. even more of a party where it's like, I don't need to be here. You and I ain't even hanging out together. We ain't sitting in a corner judging everybody. And I just said, why am I even here? Everyone would understand if she's not going to be there. And like, I think there's a world maybe in five years if they have a kid where it's like, yeah, Olivia. But yes. like, even if she's like, no, I never want to go to a baby centered event ever again in yeah. my life. Yeah. You go, yeah, that's perfectly within reason. Right. Because I, I, I don't even think to to have a miscarriage is, I have to imagine, so horrible to give birth and then be told your baby is dead like that is a whole other stratosphere of like shit you're never gonna get over right the house is gorgeous the grounds are gorgeous so that also salt in the wound she's like here i am 
in my three bedroom. And now I got to come to Rich Glenn's house where they got a baby. And it looks like 18 bathrooms. I know. And it was funny. I like the moment where they were talking. It was like, how many acres do you think this is? And he's like, I don't know how many acres something is. <laughs> like, and you're like, a lot of them? Know, yeah. And I was like, I'm, with, I'm yeah. with you. I'm like, I don't know how many. But I said, Megan, this is the biggest backyard we have ever seen in a lifetime. Where do you think this was shot? We know it's got to be California, right? Yes. Yes. I'm thinking like Temecula. A wine country moment? When you go out in those, like even east of LA, where it's like horse country, mm. you'll see some big sprawling properties out there for under $2 million. <laughs> You guys, Megan is our realtor, all of our realtors. <laughs> and so, okay, so again, Olivia's by herself because Glenn has taken Harry away to meet people. And then we see Glenn chatting briefly. You know, Harry's like talking to some other guys, you know, in the accounting pool, who knows. And then Glenn is chatting with the nurse. Nancy. From Olivia's delivery room. She's there. I said, what's she doing here? And I'm immediately like, why is she here? And then Nancy's all like, oh, there's a mix-up. I wasn't invited. And I just said, this is so strange. And then it gets stranger when Nancy offers Olivia her phone number. It's like, I'm here to listen if you need it. I said, I don't trust Nancy at all. And I need to know what Nancy did with that baby. Because I don't know why you want to talk to somebody whose baby stole. Nancy clearly took the baby. If anything, she should go, oh, no, I'm not a nurse. I'm <laughs> a esthetician. You know, like, <laughs> I did not think she was going to cop to, yes, I am, the, I am the nurse. I was at the hospital when your baby died. Right. From the most tragic day of your life. Hello. But I'm not supposed to be here. So it's weird that they uninvited the nurse who delivered their baby midway through the party. Here's my phone number. What a series of events. <laughs> At this point, too, I also am wondering if Olivia and I look alike. Not at all. Really? Not at all. It's funny you said that because you said freckles and hair. But first of all, you know, you're Auburn. You're not bright yeah. red. And I have never seen a freckle on your face. I know you must have them because you wouldn't make them up, but I don't see you as a, you are not, you are not freckle first. Olivia, the actress. Okay. Now Megan is really zooming her face in. She's like camera face. (laughs) And I see, I see some freckles. Olivia is freckle first. She's a, the actress is a freckled woman. Okay. Wow. 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 Well, I get sad because makeup covers the freckles sometimes, but I like the freckles. Yeah. So I'm like, I want the freckles to shine through, but you know. Okay. So I thought, I thought Olivia Maybe it was wishful thinking because, you know, she is pretty and she's a mom, but also sad. <laughs> I know. I was, like, I was like, I don't know why you need to look like Olivia so bad. I don't need to. I just was like, oh, we have the same coloring. <laughs> okay. So after this really weird interaction with Nurse Nancy, who's, I guess, being kicked out, it's like, can she make a plate? Like, is, can she get a, a, a Hawaiian roll sandwich? Brooke walks up. That is Glenn's wife. And she walks over to Olivia and she has little baby Sienna. And Olivia is just, I mean, it's love at first sight when she sees this baby Sienna. And almost to a point where it's like uncomfortable because (laughs) she's so zoned in on her. And I really feel for Olivia. And, and and you can tell Brooke is like, oh, 
this is weird. And it's like, yeah, Brooke, but like, why did you invite this woman? I guess you invite her. You don't not invite her, but like maybe she assumed she wasn't going to come. Sienna's supposed to be six months old. She has really big chompers like Conrad. She has teeth? Oh, yeah. Sienna had two top big old chompers. And then I saw some ones on the bottom too. And I love Sienna. <laughs> I love her. She's very cute. But it was, it was such an uncomfortable moment. Well, because my thing too was like, I just thought the whole thing was like, Brooke, don't approach her. Don't approach her with a baby meeting. Don't approach anyone with the baby, you big weirdo. If you don't know them, like, because this is now, this is one of those parties that's like so big where you're just like, half these people you don't even know. This is like a work thing for some of it where it's like, if I was her, I would have been sitting in a corner with a little drink in my hand. The baby and I were under the shade. Okay. So the baby doesn't get burned. And then people can just come, come and go. Okay. So you think the baby should be like Santa, where it's like, I'm here, yes. form a line. Yes. Form a line. Yes. Okay. Now, we are going to, I believe, disagree wholeheartedly about Olivia's behavior throughout this film. And I think that's okay. You know, sometimes <laughs> conflict makes beautiful relationships even stronger. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Because, yes, is Olivia behaving in a way that's not quote-unquote normal? Yes. We haven't even gotten there, Megan. Stop trying to make your case before you even see the examples. Because you out here trying okay. to defend her ass early. We all know she's okay. struggling at this point. At this Listen. point in the motion picture, we know she's struggling. Okay. I, I do believe trial lawyers have opening statements, but I will, <laughs> the defense rests for now. For now. Okay, so after Olivia meets baby Sienna, she is clearly shook to her core. Yeah. And she goes up to Harry and is like, take me home now. And he's like, well, yeah, I really kind of predicted this was going to happen. Yeah. So she gets home. She goes to the nursery. And these are the thoughts she has post-meeting baby Sienna. When Brooke asked me to look at her baby, I didn't know how I was going to react. Was I going to be angry or upset or jealous? I know. And you wanted to leave. Look, I understand. No, you don't understand. When I looked down at that baby, I was filled with joy. I was so happy, I thought my heart was going to burst. And I knew exactly what I needed to do. And what did you think you needed to do? I need to get this house ready for a baby. Okay, and this is where it gets, this is where it begins to get a little, it's like, okay, I need to get this house ready for a baby. And then it's a question of, okay, is that because of that specific baby? Or is she like, oh, she wants to have, she's ready to have a baby again. So we don't know, We right? don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But the nursery music, the music was like, it was a creepy moment. The music really highlighted the, the worry. Yes, but I'm lo I'm locked in on Olivia. And I go, these are, she said, I didn't know how I was going to react. Mm -hmm. This is the way I reacted. And now I'm folding a blanket. And I go, okay, nothing bad has been done. No, no, nothing bad has been done. What, is it grief has 12 steps or is that alcoholism? Something has 12 steps. That's alcoholism. I think there's seven stages of grief. Okay, and I think if it's an infant you lose, there's got to be 25 stages. You know, you got to... You got to yeah. quadruple. And so she is, she's going through the stages. And yeah. one of them is saying, yes, this nursery needs to be used. Right. Then next thing we see is Brooke is at a clothing store. She is like, in a, and what we and then she gets a call from Glenn. And, you know, they see, they seem to like each other. They're in love. It's cute. But you what we learn in this phone call is like, Brooke has a schedule. She has does the same things every day with the baby. She's like, we go get a coffee. We go to the park. We walk around. You know, Brooke is a lady who lunches. She's a stay-at-home mom. And so, 
you got to fill the, when it's a baby baby, it's like, you do need to fill those hours. (laughs) But she's in a clothing store and she, and I noticed immediately, she like fully abandons the stroller to look at herself in a mirror. Like the stroller's behind her and she steps away to access a mirror. Yes. Fine. Totally fine with this. It's a very small boutique. And when she, but when she turns around, you guys, the stroller is gone. So Not fine. (laughs) Not fine. So Brooke freaks out. She's like walking around the store and it is a small boutique, but they really make it seem like, okay, it's a maze. Is she going to get the baby? Is she going to get the baby? And then luckily we do find baby Sienna. She is in her stroller. She's in a different corner of the store. Thank goodness. And there is a judgy older woman. And I said, that is accurate. (laughs) Yes. I don't know if you've seen, there's a TikTok of like a mom outside with a little girl and it's cold. It's like flurrying out and the mom has on a coat and she's like filming her daughter, like doing something cute. And you hear a woman off screen and she's like, why is there not a coat on your baby? Like (laughs) if you have a coat on, your baby needs to have a coat on. And the way I was seeing the TikTok was someone else had reposted it and was like, you know that this was not a black person who called them a Karen because black people will see your kid without a coat and say, you need to put a coat on that baby. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that was the energy that this woman was bringing of like, how dare you? And you're just like, oh my gosh. She's like, if you hadn't been so into shopping, you wouldn't have lost your baby. And it's No, it's really, uh, the mom's shame is so scary. I'm always afraid. Like we were at story time yesterday and an older gal like grandma's age poked her head in and I was like oh no you know like I was like is she about to tell me like he should have shoes on and she was like I this is so cute this brings me back and I was like phew dodged a grandma bullet (laughs) the next thing we see after this very stressful incident when Brooke is like freaking out Olivia's running to meet Zoe outside at a restaurant and she's like I'm so sorry I'm late and so of course I'm like okay Olivia were you late because you're relocating a baby we don't know we don't know, mm-hmm. and that's what this movie does well. There are moments mm-hmm. that you still can't really, like, what was she doing? We don't know. So Olivia and Zoe are sitting outside when Brooke walks by with baby Sienna, so she's left that clothing store. And Olivia makes a meal. Of, yes. Well, first she apologized, like, hey, sorry I left. But then she's like, makes a meal of smiling and cooing at that baby. She's, like, down on her level. I said, good Lord, lay off of her. That's what I would do, too. That's what I would do, too. Just to any old baby. Yeah, probably. I mean, like, now, especially, too, I go, I have a little You know, like, every baby is, I want to know their story. I want to know where they are in development. Like, mm-hmm. I am up in baby's faces. Yeah. But it also feels like Olivia very much staged this to happen. Yes. She picked a restaurant that was on Brooke's path in her schedule. She had them sit outside so she could be on the sidewalk. Like, she did not randomly run into Brooke and baby Sienna. She plotted for this to happen. Right. And Zoe clocks this immediately. It is like, you're yes. stalking her. <laughs> and I thought that was a bit excessive. I don't know. I was like, Megan, would you immediately assume someone was stalking someone else just because they chose to sit outside and ran into them? I would, but I would not <laughs> say it to my friend who is grieving the loss of her child. I'd be like, oh, she is She is picking places where there's babies that she can see. I think I, I yeah, Zoe is... Zoe is probably one of our sharpest lifetime friends. Mm. We're like, from moment go, she's like, this is not good. Because she also drops in that she's talking to Harry. It's mm-hmm. it's sort of mentioned as an aside yeah. multiple times in this movie. And we've been on such a tear of friends having sex with husbands yeah. in Lifetime that I'm like, is Zoe having sex with Harry? Like, right, I know that's right. not what the film is about. But I'm like, Zoe, you don't need to be talking to Harry. And he, yes. she's only talking to him out of the goodness of her heart. But I'm so attuned to like, why is a friend talking? to a 
husband. I know. I know. I literally would never. Like, I. It's funny because I feel that way because I have friends where I'm like, oh, yeah, I like their husbands or boyfriends as people. But then I'm like, I can't. I would never reach out to them on the side and be like, hey, how are you? Or let's hang out. Or like CJ just had COVID. It would never cross my mind to, to ask him if he was alive or well because that's not appropriate. <laughs> thousand percent a thousand percent but if you knew i was going through a kooky land time i think you would text him and be like uh what's what's up with our girl i would sooner text one of your other lady friends wow okay yeah yeah okay just because and it's funny because it's like i know i don't have ill intention i know the husband doesn't have, you know what i mean like i know it's not like that kind of thing and yet and this yeah. is something that this i've only noticed in the last few years you know as everyone's kind of partnered up where i'll be like i ain't talking to no husbands and it's funny because andy has a lot of not a lot in a weird way, but he has female friends, right? Or like we have mutual friends and like they'll, he's like, oh yeah, I'm texting with Hallie. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I, I always do that. Like I give him, I'm always like, why? Hallie, late in life lesbian. Exactly. Um. Like, I know. I'm like, but I just, I'm like, what? That's my friend. You know, or I'll be like, how? You know, I'm like, like that. I feel very possessive. Of Territorial. Friends. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So Olivia's at home that night. She's cooked dinner for Harry and she suggests that they should have Glenn and Brooke and the baby over for dinner. It's like, ugh, nobody want no baby over. I would, the only baby I like is Conrad. That's because he lets people hold him. Yeah. He loves people. <laughs> like, he loves Naomi. But you let, I know I keep sidetracking us. Today, I'm the Megan. I keep sidetracking us. <laughs> and Megan Gailey's trying to work. And I said, no, I have stories. But Conrad's like the only baby I've gotten to hold in like years between and now COVID he, like, and separate, like whatever. Now he's on the move. So it's like, yeah. Anyway, back to the, our job. Go ahead, Megan. So we see Olivia prepping for this dinner, and it is like she is meeting Harry's parents. Like she's like making sure the salad. I'm like, the baby's not going to eat the salad. She's freaking. Yes. She, like, wants every pillow placed right for Sienna. And it's like, Sienna is not Architectural Digest, okay? Like, you can reel it back. Because she truly does not care about Brooke and Glenn. Just Sienna. Yeah. So they come over. Olivia shows Brooke the nursery. And I've had a very similar situation like this happen. So I actually don't think it's it, it's really sad and hard to go Oh, but like sometimes as uh, as a mom with a baby, you do need a nursery. And so if there is one, you, you know, you're like, okay, thank you for having it. We do find out that Brooke is struggling with breastfeeding. She doesn't say postpartum, but she is going through some emotions and feeling like she's failing on a lot of levels. And I think Olivia is really supportive of her too. Right. But then we also learn from Glenn talking to Harry that Brooke had had several miscarriages before giving birth to their baby. So there's also, you know, the history of all that. So we get that little emotional backstory. We know Brooke is going through it. After dinner, Glenn, he's going to the bathroom and then he hears, you know, like singing. And he goes to find Olivia holding his baby in the nursery. And then we cut to them very quickly heading out of their house. They're like, sorry, I got a work thing. We got to go. And then the next morning, Glenn is feeling like stressed and he's off. And I thought I was like, is he stressed out by what he saw? Like just seeing... Olivia with his baby, but then the car seat, the baby seat isn't in his car, and he finds it in the garbage can, all slashed up. Oof, that's a that's that's pricey. That's a pricey thing that they chose to do with violence. And then he gets a cryptic text. We don't know who from that just says, "Give me what I want." So okay. okay, now we're like, what's going on here? Meanwhile, Olivia's out on a run. I said, "Did you ever run before?" But she's running where she knows Brooke and the baby hang out. She runs into them, 
and she offers her babysitting services, which I find very strange. Listen to this exchange. Hey, Harry told me the other night about what you said at our house about how you and Glenn haven't been out and you don't trust babysitters, and I just thought I would offer my services. Oh. I have all the free time in the world right now, and Sienna and I get along so good. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure Sienna would love it. It's just that, um, well, Glenn just hired on a full-time nanny. He what? I know. It's crazy, right? I mean, I certainly don't think we need a full-time nanny, but um, Glenn set the whole thing up, so. Oh. Between you and me, something a little weird happened at the store the other day. I, I don't really want to get into it, but um, Glenn feels that I might be stretched a bit thin, and uh, he wants to make sure that there are eyes on the baby at all times. I mean, look, we saw that house. We saw where Brooke and Glenn were living. We know they can afford a full-time nanny. All right? Mm -hmm. But now, Megan, this is where I defer to you as a mother of a child. I think Olivia's offer is so insane. But now you, as someone, were like, okay, when you just had your baby, would you, were you like, sure, any person who wants to watch him, watch him. Kind of, yeah. I knew I you mean, say that. I knew you say that. It is hard to find good help, you know? <laughs> it's so hard to find good help. Like, we were lucky enough, we had the nanny start at, like, three weeks, and we were both home. But to feel comfortable leaving your child, like, with a baby, Sienna's six months, so she can sit up. She's got four teeth, yeah. Yeah, she got teeth. She's got a learner's permit. But to, to feel comfortable leaving your home, a lot of times people will prefer to have it be someone they know. But they don't know each other. That's my point. Literally, I know, but like you met Tan, they barely know twice. her. She, they met twice. The first time she smiled at a weird. Second time she was smiling at a weird. Third time they came over. Yeah, okay. Olivia made a nice dinner, but I don't know you well enough to leave you with my baby. I'm saying like a friend of a friend. Like there's like a a, a connection there outside of just like you answered a Facebook post. Mm -hmm. So no. I, I, also, I will say when you have when you're pregnant and you have a baby, everyone offers it, and mm. so few people actually mean it like they'll be like yeah I'll come and watch him whenever and like you honestly don't even take people up on it because you're like there's no way they meant that <laughs> it's clear Olivia very much means this later that night Glenn comes home and there's a sign on the door saying give me what I want and at this point I think it's from Nancy and I said mm -hmm. she is owed money for stealing a baby that's what I think yes I said it has yes. to be Nancy because so like it's scrawled and I was like what I want it's so vague I was like I don't think Olivia will be out here scrawling notes. No, and you also don't get the impression that it's like a criminal mastermind because it's just like <laughs> on a loose sheet with crayons. I oh, honestly could just be like Sienna's friend. So here's my theory. I think Glenn stole the baby with Nancy's help and that Olivia is has this deep longing for Sienna because Sienna is actually her daughter. Yes, that was stolen from her. Of course. And so, yes, her behavior is abnormal, but is it? Right. Because it is her baby that was stolen from her. Well, this is where I think so, too. It's, like, so crazy to me. I'm like, Glenn, you stole their baby, and then you say, Harry, come work for me? Like, a job in accounting is some consolation prize? And then you, like, let's hang out? This is where I think Glenn is often crazy. Don't hang out with them when you know you stole their baby. This is, like, the most extreme case of breaking our rule of if you do something, don't stay in the town you did it. Yes. If you steal someone's baby, you don't employ them and then invite them to meet your baby. Exactly. I'm honestly surprised either one of them hasn't looked at Sienna and been like, oh, that kind of looks like us. <laughs> like, 
even though the casting doesn't, but it's like, I don't know. I would, I would, if I saw Conrad, I'd be like, yeah, that kind of is CJ. <laughs> well, then that night though. So like, this is where, but this, okay. So for all this, right. And you and I were like, sold on this, right? We're like, Glenn took their baby and he yeah. was like, paid Nancy to give him the baby. But now Nancy said, give me some money or he didn't pay her in full or something. But that night, Harry has a lot of work to do. And Olivia's like, I'm going to go to a movie. And she says it in a weird way. And you're kind of like, are you going to a movie or are you going to try to hang out with a baby you obsessed with? And you already like yeah. threw a dinner party for. And so th- and then at Brooke and Glenn's house, they're heading out and they've hired a nanny mm-hmm. to watch the baby. And An older gal. Older gal, right? But she's very much like, I know, it's all going to be fine. I got this. And then we see the nanny, and obviously it's a baby. So like the baby's asleep, like sure. But the nanny's like on the couch drinking wine. And I just felt like, this your first night with this family. Could you just stay sober? I thought it was very rude to be drinking on the, your first night on the job. I just... <laughs> so I have been... I was a nanny in New York for a, a French couple. So it's like, you know, they offered me wine. But it was like months in. Yeah. And I have offered our nanny wine before too when I'm like, hey, if you want to have like what's left in this bottle once Conrad's down, this is not night one behavior. This is like <laughs> months and months and months of proving. And I'm someone who like plays it loose too. Now, I do have to say I am loving Sienna's face work. Now, as a baby, you uh, a lot of times they don't really even show a baby. You know, it's like they show yeah, its yeah. head and you're like, isn't that a baby? And it's just like blankets because they're like, we didn't yeah. want to, we didn't want to have to deal right. with the onset tutor. No, Sienna is giving look who's talking level performances. Like, <laughs> They will talk to her and she's like looking at them like, y'all are crazy. Like she has facial expressions. She has personality. She is an actual character in this film. And and I think she's a great actress, baby Sienna. Well, all the more reason why I wish her nanny would stay sober and focus up, okay? Because this nanny had some red wine and fell asleep. And I said, you know what? Because they went to dinner. It's not like the parents were out until midnight. They fully went to dinner. So I said, you went yeah. to bed. At, you fell asleep at like 830, girl. I don't know if this well, is for you. She's an elder. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh. I yo, It's really so wild. So she's asleep and she's laying on the couch and we see like a hooded <laughs> figure walk by. Okay. So I said, damn, this nanny about to get got. And then you start to hear <laughs> on the baby monitor, you know, the baby starts kind of making noises. And I'm like, okay, flashback to baby monitor murders where there wasn't an actual baby, but there was a baby monitor. <laughs> But I thought, is this going to be a baby monitor murder? And so the nanny wakes up and is like, Brooke, you know, like, are you guys home, basically? Which is like, you should be embarrassed if you fell asleep through the parents coming home. I and know. And she goes upstairs to check on the baby. And the hooded figure grabs her from behind, pulls her. And this is where it gets wild. This holding onto her. So imagine you're fighting. You're trying to live. She pulls her down the stairs. Big staircase. All the way outside to the backyard to the swimming pool. And drowns her, y'all. Y'all, the na- the drunk nanny got drowned. I can't. <laughs> we need to take a break. This is wild. I did not think she was going to go down. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, we're back. And I just, at this point, we have, I think I would like to coin the phrase, just for Lifetime, Chekhov's pool. Because it feels like if there's a large pool in a Lifetime movie, somebody will drown in it. Them's yes. the rules. If you center a pool in the frame... If you show us the pool is there, somebody will be found face down in said pool. And I'm really worried because there are only two suspects at this point <laughs> are basically Nancy and Olivia. And I really don't want either one of them to be out here killing nannies. Exactly. Well, that's the thing that's wild, too, because then too, the next day, you know, Harry gets a call from work, obviously telling them what happened. And when Harry tells Olivia, she's like, I'm going to go offer my services to Brooke. So it's like, yeah. oh, this ain't looking good. Because you wait, yeah. you really glossed over a dead woman and immediately said, let me get back in there to babysit. You seem pretty relieved that the nanny's out of the picture. And the story that Glenn and Brooke believe to be true is that the nanny got drunk and accidentally drowned. So at this point, they don't think the nanny was murdered. They think they hired a woman. A 67-year-old woman. Yes. To watch their infant for the very first time they've ever left anyone alone with their child. And that woman got drunk and fell in their pool while their baby was sleeping. And I'm like, guys, we've also said if you're in clothes in the pool, something bad happened. Like, aren't there uh, can we get the CSI guy from the last movie in here where it's like aren't there like bruises on her arms isn't there like a sign of a struggle thank you she was dragged down multiple flights of stairs and out to the pool come on now you know there must be a sign of like somebody like you know the way you dig your heels in drag marks something and they're like well that's just what happened but here's the thing though <laughs> when Harry asked Olivia what movie she saw because remember she's like I'm going to the movies she can't remember the day. She's like, I don't know, something foreign, less something. And it was like, mm. So, and I'll tell you this, that is never an answer for me, Megan. We never get an answer on that whole situation. We really don't. We never. She, she says she went to a movie that she don't remember, and a nanny died, but we never know if she went to the movie. So, let's talk about that, okay? Yeah, and it's like, why don't you just look up a movie? <laughs> like, it's really... Not... Like, if someone... If I had a fake alibi right now, I'd be like, Mario Bros. You know, it's like... <laughs> You know what movies are out. And yeah. I'm a mother and I still know the movies. So it's like Olivia, you're Olivia, it's important to note right now, she's in between jobs. So it's like she's unemployed and her husband's off at work. It's like you can look up the movie. <laughs> Just know the movie schedule, girl. Okay. So Olivia goes to Brooks and Glenn's and is like, hey, no, your nanny died, but I'm a veil. And it's it is desperate. It's so desperate. But Brooke takes it. Because yes. Brooke's desperate. And like Yes, Brooke it, is tired. It's like so nuts. And then meanwhile, in the in the accounting world of Harry and Glenn, 
Harry goes into Glenn's office and he's like, hey, so there's $50,000 of company funds missing. And this Mm -hmm. comes back to me. Now, first of all, I think that was baby payoff money. But second, Mm -hmm. Glenn, don't hire somebody. If you out here embezzling company funds, you might not want to add more accountants. Okay? Somebody go find that out. You need to actually be understaffed. You need to have people who don't have degrees. If you're going to do this kind of stuff, you need people who are not gonna, whose jobs are not to keep an eye on company money. Well, also, when we got to their house and it was a mansion, it's like, I, I don't know if accountants live in mansions. <laughs> I Actually, I think we probably have the same accountant. Russell? You yes. Russell? Yes. Yes. And so it's like, I think Russell's doing great. Um, <laughs> Russell has every single comedian. So it's like Russell and, and Russell like goes to spring training. <laughs> like Russell is having fun. I know when Russell took his son to a playoff game, like Russell's living. Yeah. But <laughs> Glenn is not giving entertainment accountant. Okay. <laughs> I also think $50,000 to buy a baby is very low. Especially for a white one. Yeah, that you're <laughs> that you're taking on the fly. I like mean. a surrogate is two fi- it's 250K. So wow. a, a just a loose white baby in the hospital. They got Sienna at a discount. She was 75% off. That's a mess. Yes. That's a mess. So Glenn gets home. He finds Olivia is at the house with Sienna and he is not happy. And it's like, <laughs> Glenn, you're the one who brought them into the fold. Exactly. So he tells her to leave and then he gets a call from the London office. So he can't. Like he really wants to go off on Olivia, but London's calling. So he's like, I can't. But then that night, Glenn tries to talk to Brooke and, like, tries to broach it, but it does not work because Brooke is going through a lot. Listen to this. <sighs> Thank God for Olivia. Uh, she's not coming by again, is she? Well, I don't know. I suppose that's up to her. I mean, she indicated that she could. Certainly, you wouldn't turn her away. Why not? Why not? Because trusting our baby to that drunk was a bad idea. It was your idea, by the way. So from now on, I'm just going to leave the baby with someone I know we can trust. Yeah, but how do you know? I mean, how do you know you can trust her? What do you mean? She's a friend. You work with her husband. I mean, you hired him. It's not the same as trusting his wife with with our baby. Glenn, what... What is this all about, exactly? Uh, Breastfeeding. What? I thought I saw Olivia. No, you know that I tried to breastfeed. I mean, I, I, I went to a nurse. I, I went to a latching specialist. No, 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 that's not. I mean, I just, I just don't know what else you want me to do. What honey, do that's here? not what I mean. Honey, look, look, look. I'm trying to talk to you about Olivia. No, 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 look, I I don't want to talk about this anymore, okay? I already feel inadequate enough as it is. I'm sure Olivia would make a better mother than me. I'm sure anyone would make a better mother than me. Honey, honey, please. So that didn't go well because Glenn couldn't get a word out because he was going to say he thought he saw Olivia breastfeeding the babe. (laughs) Which is... Insane. That's insane. And I did not get that from that scene, right? The way the camera no. was positioned, I thought she was holding the baby. Now, true, she could have been, but I don't think she was breastfeeding that baby. She was not. And I don't think Glenn thinks she was either. I think he's making up something so crazy. Oh, so Brooke really? says, I can't have her back. And and he knows that the breastfeeding is a sore spot for her. So I think he's like, 
oh, if I if I say it's this, then she'll finally go, we can't have her back. Interesting. So you think it was always a lie. And I think it was, yes. again, there, these things that keep happening, the same way she was at a movie but can't say what the movie was, the way it's shot, it's, it's meant to be a question. The whole time we, the viewer, are supposed to be questioning whether Olivia is crazy or right. Yes. And so I thought it was like they're showing us something in a weird way so that when he says it, we, the viewer, aren't sure either. And I will say, without us knowing if it's Olivia doing it or not, if it is Olivia, I am on her side 100% except for the murdering of the nanny. Everything else, <laughs> I go, yes, girl, do what you got to do. No, because this is where I'm mad, okay? <laughs> I know. I know we disagree. <laughs> the next day, Harry comes home. He's all happy. He got a promotion. Glenn and their family are going to take over the London office. And so Olivia is livid. She's so upset. She's like, Sienna's moving to London. <laughs> and they're like, Sienna's a baby. She will be in a lap, okay? She's not hiring movers. And so she's upset, and Zoe doesn't get it. Zoe, like, suggests she gets some therapy, and Olivia shakes it off. She pretends she's fine. And it was, like, the tensest lunch ever. Because Zoe was, again, you said she's one of the sharper friends. Zoe's like, okay, you just said my baby instead of their baby, and you upset about a baby moving, and you don't know this baby. And if I was Zoe, I would have left that lunch. I would have been like, actually, I have to go. And why is Olivia not in therapy? Well, hello. This is a grown woman. We assume the accounting firm has insurance. She lives in California. You know they're keeping tabs. I had to take a little survey, and I and my baby lived. Right. So it's like, you should be in therapy, especially after your child died. And it led me to believe, which I already knew, this country is sick. Absolutely. So, you know, because Zoe has rejected her, Olivia now has no choice but to call Nancy. Remember, random ass <laughs> Nancy who said, take my number if you need something. So she calls Nancy to talk. But then Nancy's like, I'm at the hospital. I'm working. Like, Nancy is not even here for it. Why did you answer? Like, I don't, Every everything about it is weird. I don't get why you answered your phone in the first place. But she does clock you know, when Olivia's like, Glenn and the baby are moving to London. So you see Nancy, Nancy hit that. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. Nancy said, wait about my money. And then we find out back at the accounting office, someone has filed an anonymous sexual harassment claim against Glenn. Yes. Which means he will have to stay in town while they sort that out. So no more London, but even worse than that, no more promotion for Harry. Yes. And Olivia's so happy. And mm -hmm. you know what? This is what I realized. Maybe Harry ain't dumb after all. Because he calls it out very quickly. Listen to this. Silver lining is if they don't go to London, I can still help Brooke with the baby. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Liv, please tell me you did not send that complaint in. Why would I do that? The baby. Zoe told me about the, the conversation you two had. No, Harry. Don't be crazy. No, no, it's not crazy. In fact, this is the least crazy idea anybody in this house has had in a while. You didn't want them to go to London, did you? No. No. Because of the baby? Yes. <sighs> what are you doing? I'm sleeping in the guest room. This is where my problem with Olivia comes in, Megan. Because if Olivia is so certain that's her baby, why doesn't she tell the husband? Second, here's what I thought she was going to do. By babysitting? Get some damn DNA and get it tested. You hanging out with that baby, grab a lock of hair, get a little saliva when she been teething or something. I said, let's be smart about it. We can find out if this baby is yours 
quite legally and quite easily. And I hear you. I don't think at this point Olivia thinks Sienna is hers. I think she is like, I feel such a deep, strong connection with this baby, and she does not understand why. And she is like, is it my grief? No, because she has not vocalized it. She just is like, I love being around this baby. But we don't see it click for her until much later. So Mm. I think she is trying Mm. to justify her behavior by just going, I am in grief, and this is the this is baby. This baby is so close to me now, and I have so much access to it that I'm yeah. acting on it in a way that's like not great. But like, <laughs> I don't think she thinks the baby is hers. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I buy. Th- I buy this. Okay. Okay, counselor. Okay, counselor. I'll have to retire to my chambers and review the evidence. So the next morning, Olivia, fresh off this great London news, texts Brooke and is like, hey, I can come help today. And Brooke is like, no, do right. not come. Like, yeah. And it's not like, no, thank you. I'm good. It's like, no, do not come here. Stay away from me. It's terrible. And if, what does Olivia do when she gets a text saying, stay away from me? <laughs> she says, I got to go to that house ASAP. So she shows up to the house and there's a security guard sitting in his car. I mean, and not he's not in like, he's in just like a blazer. Yeah, he's, he's giving retired cop. Retired yes, cop, exactly. he works private security, yeah. He's in a suit. And he stops Olivia, and then he gives her a note from Brooke saying that she needs to stay away. And while Olivia is reading this note, the camera pans, and Brooke is standing in the window kissing Sienna. And it's like, why why don't you go hide? (laughs) Why are you kissing the baby in front of the woman you think is crazy for your baby? Right, right. And so when Harry gets home that night, he actually, he come in, Harry said, I'm getting some stuff, and I'm going away for a few nights. He's like, you need help for what you're going through. And I think he's right to say, like, you need help, meaning we need to have a yes. conversation. There needs to be a conversation. But I also am like, don't leave her. Like, meaning leave right. her alone. Like, she's going through something. You don't exit. But I, but I do hear him feeling like, because basically what he, he's like, did you file that harassment claim? You know, are you, yes. tr- are you also making it so that I don't have a career, right? Like, he was going to get this big promotion, but it's like, you already got a, this weird job out of pity. Like, this is what's so tricky, because I'm like, Harry... You met this man on the worst day of your life. And that's who you want to work for? Exactly. That's what I mean. It's like you hanging around Glenn. Like, I wouldn't want to hang around Glenn, quite frankly. Or anyone with a baby. Like, it's like weird. That's a weird choice, too. I know. So that's why it's like, yes, is Olivia's behavior abnormal? For sure. So is every single person in this movie. So it's like, (laughs) we're living in upside down land and she's just trying to make it out alive while seeing French films. Well, speaking about everybody being off, the next day Olivia goes to Nancy's house to talk. What? And like, they're having a whole conversation when Nancy's dying mother comes outside and is like, sorry to interrupt, but I need your help to take my medication. And I felt like, Nancy, you're a whole nurse by trade, let alone, you know, your your mother, you, you know, you live with your mother to help her. She shouldn't have to remind you to give her her medication because you're talking to a woman whose baby you stole. Well, she's got a lot on her plate. I I truly do not understand what would lead Nancy to meet up with Olivia. <laughs> I mean, Is it guilt? Is she going to steal the baby back? Like... To us as lifetime savants, it is so obvious that Nancy and Glenn stole Olivia's baby that, like, watching Nancy and Olivia have any sort of relationship reads truly 
one of the most deranged things we've ever seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. To the point, because then I almost thought, because this is the thing, but when they talk, Nancy's not saying anything much. And she's very much like, you're okay. You're going to be fine. Like, you know, whatever. But I was like, is Nancy, because what I thought Nancy was going to do was attempt to manipulate Olivia, kind of stoke her into taking an action. Against Glenn. Yes. On her behalf. That's what I thought. But that's not what it was. Like when they were talking, it just seemed like her being like, I understand you're going through it. It's going to be fine. So I was like, okay, so why are you doing this? So then when Olivia gets back home, she's like pulling into her driveway and she's approached by a cop with a chin strap like you wouldn't believe. He's giving me backup common energy. Yes. Oh my gosh, he has a chin strap and a jacket that I go, this combo, you should be in jail. (laughs) And it's two cops. It's two cops, but only one speaks. And I go, well, that's not fair to the guy because now he doesn't have a speaking role. So we should have gotten him like a talking into his shoulder being like, yeah, we'll be right there. (laughs) Something for my background, honey. And he is there because he thinks Olivia killed the nanny. Mm-hmm. So then Olivia's response to that is calling Nancy. I said, you, I, I. And that's all she like, has. That's all she has, I No, guess. but this is the thing. You could have called Zoe, because I feel like Zoe's a real one. If you were like, Zoe, the police after me, Zoe would be like, come on, let's go. We about to, we about to clear your name. Zoe seems like she's on it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, Zoe would be like, did you do it? You know, like, and- and I think at this point, we kind of feel like Olivia did it. We're not for sure. So Nancy is like, yeah, let's meet up at the park by Brooke's house. Why would you? That's where I was like, Nancy trying to set her up. Because I was like, why would you tell her to meet anything having to do with Brooke when we already know Brooke has told her to stay away? This entire murder has to do with Brooke's nanny. Why would you say let's meet up by the girl who think you kill somebody? Unless it's like the best park. Why does Olivia like? Because Olivia's like, ooh, maybe I'll see Sienna. <laughs> I guess so. See, because then Olivia goes to the park, waiting for Nancy. She sees Brooke and the baby because Brooke said, "I'll be damned if you mess with my schedule." <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go to the same place at the same time, and the security guard intercepts because <laughs> Olivia's like, "Hey, hey, Brooke." Yeah, she's like, "My friends," and and she's like, "See, see, no, no, no," and it's like. Actually, no, you're exactly in the place that she said she was. Anyway, the security guy intercepts, hands Olivia a restraining order, mm-hmm. and is like, we don't buy your movie alibi. And I said, I don't either, because she can't even name a movie. No. <laughs> and then he says, do you think cops are stupid? Now, I don't know if you saw your former client with his jacket and chin strap. We know he's stupid. <laughs> he's stupid, but he's bull- He's a bully, right? Like, the fact yeah. is- Yeah, he was big. Yeah. You could also take, you know, the way- the way people who are not very bright will just hone in on the first option and then they will make that option fit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's what they're going to do is like, well, it looks like it might be Olivia because it's true though because the copy's like, so the nanny died and then you see, immediately started nannying for Brooke. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't look good. Like, it doesn't match up because you were obsessed with watching the baby, got very upset when she said she was going to get a nanny. The nanny dies and now you're back in with the baby. Well, all right. Yeah, but it's like that, that nanny, when we said she's, Probably close to 70. She's lived a life. You don't think there's some men, some exes that they could have turned over those rocks before barking up Olivia's tree? Oh, my Lord. Okay, so speaking of bark, the security, it's later that night. The security guy, he's in his car. Like, he's, I mean, they're having, like, around-the-clock surveillance now. Yeah, outside of Glenn and Brooks' house. He's outside of Glenn and Brooks' house. I guess their nanny was murdered, so it's like, yeah. And they're rich, as you said. So the security guard, here he hears a dog bark, and he's like, grabs a gun immediately. And I go, this is what's wrong with America. Exactly. You hear a dog barking, you grab a damn gun. I said, if I freaked out every time I heard a dog bark, I'd be in jail. Okay? There's no way. There's no way. This is why people keep getting 
shot for thinking they're in the right Uber. We're a mess. I know. So he's got his gun. He starts poking around outside. And then, classic, bonked on the head. Bonk. Bonk. Oh, love it. But he he's not bonked dead. He, and he's not even bonked unconscious yet. Well, before he bonks, before he gets bonked, he manages oh, right. to call. So, right. So, like, he's pre-bonk. walking around. So, pre-bonk, he manages to call Glenn to be like, hey, there's someone on the property. I'm looking around. But before Glenn can get details, bonk. All right? Yes. So, then Glenn is like, I'm going to go out there. And it's like, Glenn, you're an accountant. You are not going to be able to handle this. So, he goes out. With a gun. No, he picked up the security guard's gun. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because he found him on the ground bonked. Yes. So, he sees Bonk head laying out, picks up his gun, and then just blindly shoots into a rustling bush. Y'all. Y'all. What? Just blindly shoot into a rustling bush. All right? Then, the cops come to his house. And Glenn is like, my shot missed, but I'm sure it's Olivia. She's crazy. Wait, you don't even, it could have been a squirrel. Like, what are you talking about? You shot a bush. Now, he's certain it's Olivia. So, so you know, Glenn is dumb as hell shooting into bushes. But I'm going to tell you this, Olivia dumb as hell too. Because you know what she's doing when all this happening? She out for a night run. What have I said about running at night? You shouldn't be doing whether you are obsessed with a baby and being framed for a murder or not. You know, just like you could you could be living the life of a monk. Don't be running at night. What I mean, you obviously it's like you don't want to live, Olivia. And so, but you know, she driving when Harry drives up beside her and listen to all this. I just stopped by the house. The police are looking for you. They think you attacked Brooke's security guard. That's ridiculous. I was nowhere near their house. I know. I've been tracking your phone. What? Look, this is a good thing. How is you spying on me a good thing? When everything went crazy, I just, I was worried you were gonna do something. Like attack their security guard? I was out jogging. I know, I've got your entire route tracked on my phone. Fine, did you give the police that? No. Why? If I tell the police I'm tracking your phone, I have to admit that I know where you are right now. And look, I wanted to talk to you first. Go ahead. Olivia, you are obsessed with that baby. But if you didn't attack that security guard, that means somebody else did. And killed the nanny. Killed? She wasn't drunk. Someone pushed her in the pool. Okay. That's exactly my point. It's not you. Which means there is somebody out there who is really dangerous. Look, Olivia, you're my wife. Okay, I love you. I just wanted to get to you before the cops pulled you in for questioning. Got you to say something that would hurt you. I needed to make sure you knew what was going on. I have no idea what's going on. I know. Please just get in. Now, you, this is what we have to do in Lifetime, right? It's important for our heroine or, and or hero to be in charge of their own survival. Like, they have to ultimately do it. But this is one where I say, okay, I'm back to thinking Harry Dom. Because why couldn't you just go to the cops and go, I tracked her phone because I thought she was crazy too, just like you. But here I have proof she's not out stalking. Right. I would have given them the proof. What are you saying? You literally have, and like, literally when Olivia's like, did you take it to the cops? And he's like, no, I want to talk to you first. Well, that don't look good. Now it looks like y'all asses are in cahoots. Yeah. So, I mean. But are you mad that he was tracking her phone? No, because I guess, I, like, uh, yes, I don't think that's great. A lot of couples have each other's locations on. Did you know this? No, I have no idea. Yeah, I have a lot. My One of my best friends from Indy, she's like, share your location with me. I'm like, no. Like she, <laughs> she just wants it for, like, in perpetuity. I'm like, really? you don't know where I am. You live in Why? Indianapolis. I don't know. She just wants to know where my ass is. It's so strange. As you said, like, he shouldn't have left her. Like, it's like, I would understand if he was like, listen, I was worried about you. Mm-hmm. So I, I was keeping tabs on you. But to be like, 
oh no, I think you're crazy and I was tracking you. Yeah, I'd be like, Harry, you're stupid. <laughs> but I say go to that police because to me, it's actually even more believable. He's like, hey, I was also worried about her so I tracked her phone, but now I have proof that she hasn't. Like that. That's evidence they chin strap can't ignore. Chinstrap would have to look at that and be like, well. He might, he can't read. So they decide to go to where? Nancy's house with her dying mother there. So the mother is so nice and I really want her to pull through. I know. This is the hardest part. So we, the mom is like, no, Nancy was supposed to be home two hours ago. Nowhere to be found. And then there's like a pillow they like. And she goes, oh yeah, she, she went on a trip a few months ago to this island and brought me back this pillow. Well, not a few months ago, five to six months ago. And how old is baby Sienna? Six months. Hello. And then Harry's little accounting brain starts going, listen. Harry, what are you doing? Say the one we came. It's the same island I traced the missing money to. Okay. Money goes missing five and a half months ago, the same time your friend Nancy is on the island. It's just a coincidence. No, no, no. That island is not a tourist destination. Okay, that is a offshore banking destination. Nancy needs money for her mother's operation, right? She goes on vacation, comes back with the money. Come on. When was the last time you went on vacation and came back with more money than you started with? Hurry. She's going to be back any second. Just a minute. Just a minute. Holy. What? It's a receipt for a money order from Santo Enrique for $50,000, the exact amount that was stolen from the company. I bet she laundered it. We will never be able to trace this back to the original company that was embezzled from, unless someone is a total amateur and hangs on to the receipt. Santo Enrique. Santo, Santo Enrique. Enrique. Is that a real place? No, of course not. They made it up. They made it up for the movie. That's good. They didn't want to tarnish any real island's name. St. Ricky Martin. So... Harry, at this point, is just opening loose drawers (laughs) in this dying woman's house. And then he finds the receipt from Santo Enrique in the entertainment console. And I'm like, this is great, you guys. I love it, though. I love it because he goes, unless a total amateur, unless you're a total amateur and hang on to the receipt. Because we don't need receipts for our money laundering if you don't spend the money. That's it. So it's like Nancy trying to be bad, but she ain't even that good at it. But we also could tell that by her scrawl. As you said, not a criminal mastermind. Writing in crayon, give me what I want. No, and I'm worried that, like, she needed the money for her mom. Well, she did. Of course we know why. Nancy has her reason. But Harry and Olivia, then, after with all this, they decide to go to Glenn to tell him everything, including the money order. Thank you. Glennos. Thank you. (laughs) And so when they get to Glenn's house, because they're like, this is what the money was taken. Glenn has a gun in his briefcase. Okay, so Glenn been going to work strapped. <laughs> the accountant has a gun in the briefcase. The accountant is strapped. People are stealing babies for medical treatment. Like this, I honestly think a deadly lullaby is really laying out a lot of problems this country has. Well, definitely. I mean, we're talking guns gun and health care. Guns, healthcare, you know, uh, I'm going to also say we don't care about mothers and babies. We don't care about women. Maternity health, maternity leave, maternity mental health care. Postpartum health. We we have left both Olivia and Brooke on their own and said, work it out. Okay? We really have. Now, and Glenn is like, you know, he's freaking out. You know, the way when someone's like, oh, God, it's all coming down on me. (laughs) So, like, when they show up at the door, he leads them. He's like, you know, he's got the gun on Olivia and Harry. And he leads them down to the basement and locks them inside. And then he starts sobbing. Because I guess he's like, 
what am I going to do? I really felt like locking full grown adults in a basement. I, I was like, I, this is not the smartest thing. Cause I'm like, there's so many things in a basement that somebody could use as a weapon to break out, to make noise. Like, I just don't know what you thought you were doing. But he basically was like, I need time to think. Go away. Yes. And we're <laughs> dealing with amateurs here. Nancy is a nurse and Glenn is an accountant. Like, they don't know how to commit high-level crime. Right. So while Olivia and Harry are locked in the basement, they see a massive <laughs> river of blood coming out of a cabinet, and they are convinced it must be Nancy's. Well, Olivia, very quickly, is like, it's Nancy, yeah, no, which I was like, Harry, oh, okay. Harry still doesn't get that Glenn is in. Like, he's like, Olivia has to say at one point, why do you think he pulled a gun on us? And Harry's <laughs> like, hmm. Like, Harry. Exactly, exactly. He's like, I know, Harry's like, we'll reason with him. And she's like, no, he pulled a gun on us. And now, just finally, they put it all together. What Megan and I knew in minute 13, Harry and Olivia put together, and they realized, well, what they think is they paid Nancy to possibly switch the baby, and then they realize they're, mm-hmm. they're like, our baby is alive. And then Harry does mm-hmm. very good acting here, because he's, like, crying and, like, trying to keep, he's like, yeah. oh, my God, our baby's alive. Like, it suddenly hits him, like, oh, my God, we may have a kid. And he starts, like, sobbing, but it's like, I got to keep it together because we got to get out of here. Yes. But don't you think this proves what I said earlier, that, like, Olivia doesn't think this is her kid until the very end. She just knows something there's a deep connection. Because hmm. hmm. it's really not until this moment that they're like, oh my God, Sienna's our baby. But you know what threw me is because that early moment, you know, after she meets the baby and then she goes home and like starts like smiling and folding in the nursery, she goes, I've got to get the home ready for a baby. So I thought that was her being like, nope. Mm-mm. That's my baby. I have to get the nope. house ready for her. She smelled that formula breath and said, <laughs> I got to go into action. Okay. So these two, they are, they are able to open a basement window mm-hmm. and get out. As you said, not a great place to hide someone when there's truly things everywhere. And Olivia is not determined to get to the baby. So Glenn comes up. Because they basically go back in the house. Because basically, you know, because Harry's like, let's go. And Olivia's like, I'm not leaving my baby again. So the plan is we've gotten out of the basement. Let's go back in and get this baby. And as they're walking around, Glenn comes up on him, knocks Harry out, hits him over the head with the the butt of the gun. Knocks him out. So then Glenn and Olivia, they are tussling. And then Brooke comes downstairs and she's like, what the hell is going on? She picks up the gun because they've been tussling over the gun. And then she puts the gun, trains the gun on Olivia. And Glenn is like, just give me the gun. And Olivia explains everything, screams it at Brooke, and basically lays out how Glenn stole her baby. Right. And then we see a flashback, you know, to that night in the hospital where Glenn comes into Brooke's room holding a baby, very much Olivia Harry's baby, because we saw it swaddled, and is like, here's our baby, as he tries to explain himself. Listen to this. I did it for you. For us. We tried so many times. When the nurse brought Sienna into the nursery for the tests. She discovered our baby had died. She saw me out in the hallway. She desperately needed money for her mother's operation. She could tell I was rich. She said she could switch the ID bracelets, but I had to think quick before the other nurse came in. Then I panicked. I said yes. 
I had no idea it was your baby. You honestly think it matters whose baby you stole? And then I saw Harry in the hallway. I felt so guilty. I offered him a job, anything to help you out. But then you lied. You lied this whole time. You said that it was Olivia who did this. You even told the police. Honey, I had to. I had to hide everything that was going on. I was in too deep. And as Glenn is monologuing, as you know they love to do, Brooke is torn over what to do with the gun. And it's just like, you know, because he's like, give it to me, I'm going to kill her. But it's like, what? But now you just said, it's like, you know, and then of course Brooke is like, how could you do this to me? Like, you know, she's she's hurting. She's mad at him too. Glenn lunges for it. So now Brooke and Glenn are fighting over this gun. And surprise, surprise, the gun goes off and Glenn is shot in the stomach. Olivia takes that moment. She runs to check on Harry. Then she goes to get the baby and like a dying Glenn apologizes to Brooke and Brooke's like sobbing. And it's like- This is really devastating because it means- Brooke and Glenn's baby actually did die. Well, yes. So it's like, it's a it's a horrific crime that comes from such a, a deeply hurt place. A deeply hurt place, but also, again, it goes back to like, Glenn, don't just, like, the manipulation he went through because he was like, I don't want you to feel pain, Brooke. And it's like, well, what do you think she's going to feel now? What do you think she's been feeling for six months? Because she was saying, like, you know, I felt like there was a problem with me not connecting, me being a bad mother. Now I find out that wasn't even my baby. And my baby died. Like, you actually made it way worse for her, the pile-on of all the realizations where I'm like, these men be out here thinking, it's like, I tried to fix this. I did this for you. I'll solve it. And it's like, there, there is no solving tragedy. Yeah. It just, like, you, you put a an infected Band-Aid on a gaping hole. Yeah. No, I think Glenn is a thousand percent wrong and this is vile and evil, but I also have to feel for them that this is what he thought he should do. Well, I feel for Brooke. I mean, that was the thing. It was like, poor Brooke, this whole movie where I was like, she's, and I thought, I was like, I, I knew Brooke wasn't in on it, right? So I was like, this poor unsuspecting woman, like this whole thing is happening around her. She yeah. feels like she's a terrible mother. She has no idea what he's done. I was like, this is so crazy. And then it's just like, Glenn, why did you even hire Harry? It's like, you should have been in the London office six months ago. You stole a baby. You need to get out of town. Yeah out of town because then Sienna is going to grow up and have a British accent and there's no way Olivia thinks that her, that's her kid. Exactly. Hello! <laughs> you know, like she'd be like, oh, that's not my kid. Okay, so then we cut to two years later and Olivia, Harry, and the baby is now grown up. Well, not grown up. She's a toddler now. <laughs> She's a toddler now. She's a tan, very tan toddler. <laughs> now, did they change her name? Well, that was the thing, because, like, didn't they name their baby Chloe? Like, she, you heard the Chloe, but then she's Sienna, and so you never hear what they call her, because I'm like, is she Chloe? Is she Sienna? And, like, Conrad, he's about to be one. He, like, knows his name, but I think if we changed it now, he probably wouldn't know. Exactly. I don't think you know at six months your name. You just know, like, the tone. So maybe they went back to Chloe. So maybe. But they're having a backyard family grill when, I'm sorry, I have to say this because nothing, I screamed at the screen when someone comes out through the sliding door, which means the front door was unlocked. They know their way around this house. They came right back through the sliding door into the backyard. Brooke, (laughs) y'all. Brooke, Glenn's widow, Brooke. Sienna's not mother, Brooke. Comes into the backyard. 
Because they friends. With a date. A dude named Rob. Yep. I said, <laughs> what? We're hanging out with her? Like, I, again, we just said Brooke wasn't in on it, but... But also, y'all cannot be friends after what you went through. This, to me, this is worse than that hug at the end of Secrets in the Building. Do you remember when the <laughs> black girl and the white girl hug after the white girl tried to kill her to run out of business because her father told her to? Yeah, it was really shocking. <laughs> so, Brooke is with this guy named Rob, and they are engaged. <laughs> and they are also expecting, which is kind of like... <laughs> Is shade at Glenn? It's like, it, Glenn. Was a, it was a Glenn issue, right? The miss, the problems they were having, having a child were a Glenn issue. I was like, savage, savage. Which is not true because it's like it's it, you delivered a you delivered a baby and then it burned. You know, like you were having. I don't. I actually, I don't even want to get into the no, no, no. But the implications are that there. I felt the implication was that uh, it was a Glenn issue. The idea that also fun. yes, Brooke and Rob. You know, this has been two years. First of all, when they meet, Rob goes, finally. And I thought to myself, could you imagine Brooke explaining to Rob where they're going and who they're meeting up with? Could you imagine? Just being like, okay, so these are my friends. Um, it's kind of a funny story. Um, <laughs> so I accidentally, uh, my ex, you know, who died, who I've told you about him, he actually, uh, he stole their baby from the hospital without telling me and led me to believe that this was my child for six months. And then when I finally found out, there was a tussle over a gun and that's how my ex died. But, you know, Olivia and I have really kept in touch. Mm -hmm. And now they have custody of Sienna <laughs> because it is their biological daughter. What I found to be the strangest of this scene is that Brooke and Sienna, baby Sienna, who's now a toddler, they don't interact at all. Wait, I thought Brooke maybe, like, gave her a little... No. Really? Nothing. There is So Olivia is holding Sienna and Brooke comes in and it's like, this was your mom for six months. Like, you guys have no... Like, Brooke has no interest. Brooke has no interest. Sienna's not like, Auntie Brooke. Like, no. it, she, it, it's she like, is good like, to see you, Sienna. why is this bitch here? You look well. <laughs> you know, it's like that. It's very cool. They have zero connection. And I'm like, wow. Not even an acknowledgement of like, Here's the child I thought was mine for six months. Insane. Insane. Oh, boy. Now Brooke and Rob are engaged and expecting, and then everyone is delighted, and the couples hug, and then we cut to credits. That's how that ends. I'm sorry. For us to end with Brooke being pregnant and engaged is wild to me. With with Rob's seeds. I cannot. Rob's kind of a hunk, too. Oh, yeah. He's real Silver Fox energy. I thought it was insane. I was like, what? It's... What? Yeah, because Brooke seems totally fine, too. Like, she's like, yeah, we've been dating. We're... Like, it's like, Brooke, you have been through a lot. Yeah, you should be off the market for at least a full calendar year, and then maybe you can start to date people casually. I don't know if you're really out here getting pregnant off the first guy who you meet. I just I just wonder how much backstory Rob has. I want to know how much backstory Rob has on the entire situation. And she said, I'm staying in town too. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying close. <laughs> why, why would I move? So what we don't know, we do believe that that blood river was Nancy. So Nancy is dead. That was, yes. We believe that he, he did, Nancy was in the bush and he shot Nancy. But here's my thing though too. Do we think Olivia ever went to a foreign film that night? I don't know. Or do you think she was just, like, walking around a baby's R Us, like, smelling things? Maybe. Like, that's the thing. It's like, she's so cagey about 
the movie she allegedly saw because it's like there is the that I'm like it is weird that I'm I'm like okay I need an update on Nancy's mom I mean hello her primary caregiver is gone and Nancy <sighs> kept getting trying to and this is the thing Nancy needed money for operation and I said Nancy is a whole nurse her mother's not I guess her mother's not a dependent her mother's not covered that's messed up it's so messed up y'all this movie was this movie was messed up <laughs> nobody is well in this movie everybody's struggling. You know what? It only gets worse next week. <laughs> next week, we are talking to you about the movie Secrets of Eden. Stephen Drew is a beloved pastor in the small town of Haverhill, Vermont. But when parishioners Alice and George Hayward are found dead, dark secrets begin to surface, and the trusted minister becomes the prime suspect. Now, y'all, this movie stars John Stamos. <gasps> Is he going to be a hot minister? Oh, my I gosh. Think so. oh. I think so. Of course he's a beloved. No wonder he's beloved. He's John Stamos. Yes. Of course he's a beloved pastor. I love Lifetime. It's like every person of God is a 10. Like we will not, we will have zero uggos. We will only have models, like generational hunks playing ministers. It's like, mm, okay, hi. Oh, pastor, pastor, my bad. Well, no, he's both, they call him a pastor and a minister. So we'll just see what he's doing. The point is, honey, you can watch this movie starring John Stamos as a sexy pastor with your existing Lifetime Movie Club subscription or start an account today by going to Lifetime Movie Club dot com slash podcast and get a free seven day trial and in seven days think about all the movies you could watch i mean granted i would like you to obviously continue but if you I, if you want to play that game you could just get that trial girl watch all these movies beloved pastor john stamos Whew. all right all right things are looking up things are looking up i was kind of i was in a dark place but now i'm ready for secrets of eden and i cannot wait so we will see you next week bye i love a lifetime movie if you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm. That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by The Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. Copyright 2023 a Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.